Sometimes we feel like we're stuck in always. It will always be this way. People will always look at me and think of that. We find ourselves living or existing in a cloud of repetition. Before you know it, we start accepting this discontentment as reality. But the devil is the one that operates in smoke and mirrors. And that's really important in this podcast, especially the smoke part. Smoke permeates the air. I mean, it literally sticks on everything. Have you ever had a bonfire? And when you go in the house, that's all you can smell is the stench of that smoke. It's in your hair, it's on your clothes, it's on your shoes, and it's hard to get out. The other day I walked into my house and I was greeted with a very strong smell of burnt smoke and also an overwhelming amount of air freshener. And so I was curious, of course, and began to question Did somebody catch something on fire? What happened? Why does the house smell like this? And my daughter sheepishly admitted that she had been trying to melt chocolate chips in the microwave. And for whatever reason, they did not melt, but instead started smoking. So she got real nervous and took them out. And thank goodness nothing caught on fire. And she wanted to conceal what she had done. So she sprayed a lot of air freshener, which smelled strongly even hours after the fact but I could still smell that smoke. You almost can't get rid of it. That's why we don't roll around in the enemy's territory because he operates with smoke and mirrors. And for whatever reason, that smoke really likes to stick. And so when we operate in the areas that he operates in, we start to smell like him. We start to look like him. There's no such thing as a secret smoker. I guess that's why the Bible says that there's no such thing as a secret sin either. Your sins will find you out, is what the word says. I had read an article about a man that was talking about his secret smoking. He claimed that he got up really early before anybody else in the morning and he ran outside to smoke, then immediately took a shower and departed for work before anyone could find out. In this article, it also mentioned an anonymous person that was in their 30s. They confessed that they had been a secret smoker since the age of 16, and almost no one knew about it. It even mentions an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond called Pat's Secret. It reveals a slightly different secret smoking approach. Pat, Raymond's brother's mother-in-law, is a secret smoker who admits she only smokes three a day. But when asked how she's able to keep it a secret and hidden all these years, she replies, it's not easy. I buy my cigarettes two counties over where no one knows me. And why she miraculously never smelled like smoke? She replies, I only smoke outside and I hold it down wind. I always have plenty of mint chewing gum. In fact, Hank thinks that that's my bad habit, chewing the gum. It's funny how she had to conceal her identity and find creative ways to avoid getting that stench on herself. The important thing to notice in all of the accounts of the alleged secret smoking is that all of these people avoided actual intimate human interaction in order to get away with their habit. And that's exactly what we do. Once we start to 
roll around in those thoughts that the enemy would feed us and we begin to partake in the things that he feeds our minds, we'll start to avoid intimacy with Jesus. For whatever reason, those two things happen simultaneously almost without your knowledge. Because when you are on the enemy's territory, you can't hear the voice of the Lord. When you start rolling around in the pig pen, you're not going to be able to know that the master is calling for you. And that's what happens even though Jesus is exactly what we need. He's the remedy to our condition. I remember uh, not too terribly long ago, I lived in an apartment that there was a people that lived underneath me and they smoked. Now they weren't supposed to. The smoking was a a no-go in the place that we lived, but they did it anyways. And I would complain to the landlord and the landlord would not do anything. And it became such an irritation that I would find myself, as soon as I started smelling it, I would run down to their apartment and slam on the door. And then when they would open it up, I would yell at them. And I would say things like, this is a no smoking facility. You can't do that. Smoke outside. And they would do it anyways. And one time I distinctly remember in the middle of the night, I smelled it and I took off running down the stairs and I banged on their door and I told them, listen, I have an asthmatic child and if you don't put that out and I have to take my kid to the emergency room, you're going to pay the bill. And I was quite aggressive with them. Now, you don't know me like that, but I was pretty rough and I was telling them, you know, beat it. I don't want you smoking in here. But they would not listen to me and it was to no avail. So I complained to the landlord more and nothing, 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 nothing. And this went on for months to where all of the stuff in my house started smelling like smoke. And it was embarrassing to me. I would cry over it because I didn't smoke and I didn't want to smell like that. But it was sticking to me because I was that close to it. Catch that. I wasn't doing it. I wasn't living in it. But I was close enough to it that it was sticking to me. That's for somebody. Until one day, my mom came to visit. Now, my mom has really close connections to the Lord. If there's anybody in this world that I don't want praying for me if I'm not doing right, it's my mom because she just can pray. So she comes into my house and uh, she did not like the smell of that smoke. And I, you know, cried to her about it. And she said, well, we're going to pray. And I thought, okay, yes, let's do that. Well, we prayed. And the next day I went to work and she said, it's a good thing you're going to work because I'm going to pray. And she spent all day long praying over the those people and that smoking. And I know that she prayed right over top of the vent, and I'm positive they could hear her, which I can't imagine what they thought when they heard her praying. But she prayed and prayed and prayed over that that whole day. And so I came home expecting, you know, something fantastic to have happened, but nothing happened. A couple days went by and nothing else happened. And, you know, she went on back to her home, and I went to work as normal every day, day in, day out. A week went by, and I came home from work, and I didn't smell any smoke. And I thought, well, that's odd. And then I happened to look and see that the neighbors 
are gone. And then I find out that they moved. Now, <laughs> turns out that the landlord evidently had them to move because of some troubles they had. But I want you to know that I persistently asked and begged and nothing happened. Nothing happened. And my mom comes down and we begin to agree agree in prayer. And at first it didn't seem that anything happened, but sure enough, I believe with my whole heart that the spirit of God began to deal with the landlord's heart. And for whatever reason, these people had to move. Now, I'm not I'm not reeling in their in their displacement that they had to up and leave, but I am excited that the Lord changed it around for my good and my house did not smell like smoke anymore. And do you know how hard that smell is to normally get out of anything? But can I tell you that it was like almost a miracle took place and my house no longer smelled like smoke. And of course I, I cleaned it and everything else, but the smell was gone. It isn't that exactly what the Bible talks about in the book of Daniel. We find where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come in The Bible says, then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. <laughs> you know the story. There was a fourth man in that fire. They weren't in there alone. They even told Nebuchadnezzar, you can throw us in that fire, but we know that our God will deliver us from it. And even if he doesn't, he's still good. He's still going to take care of us. He will make a way for us. And here they go into this pit full of flame and the fourth man comes in and walks with them through the torment and yet they're not tormented and they come out and they don't even smell like the problems that they went through can i tell you that you're always isn't forever you think that it's always going to be like this you're always going to have this problem It's never going to end. It's never going to be resolved. And that is just garbage. That is smoke and mirrors. You're going to come out. There is going to be an answer. It's going to happen. And you're not even going to smell like smoke for what you're experiencing now. There won't even be any traces of the problem that you're facing now left. Because when God moves, he moves. And just because you don't see it today, just because you don't even have any hope of it tomorrow, doesn't mean it's not there. For we know this, the Lord never sleeps and he never slumbers and his eyes continually go to and fro throughout the earth. So whatever you have need of, whatever it is you're looking for, whatever it is you're experiencing right now, know this. The Lord has his eyes on you and you're going to come out on the other side of this thing and no one is even going to recognize what you've been through.